Have you ever asked yourself, what's the best way I can contribute to sci-fi and fantasy in the literary world? If you have, the answer is simple. You just have to be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt and host the Sword and Laser podcast. If for some reason you can't be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt, however, don't despair. All is not lost. You can still head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser and help fund their hard work. Every cent you give adds more swords and more lasers to their growing arsenal of speculative literary goodness. That's patreon.com slash swordandlaser. everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. I don't want to go. Where, where, where are you going to go, Tom? I'm leaving 2018. I'm okay with that. <laughs> My body I... is ready. Is it though? Yeah. Why? Because there's always this hopefulness, like if you've had like a rough year, that like even though it's it, time is a have construct. You a rough, have you had a rough year? No. You know what? Um, personally, no. Uh, but I feel like in the wider, which makes me feel mm. even worse because I think other people who don't have the kind of like privilege that I mm. have necessarily mm. are being mm. much more impacted mm-hmm. by the year that was. And so. I just think 2019 is going to be worse. You That's think it's going to be worse? Oh, yeah. I want to skip over to 2020. All right. All right. Well, you know, I have hope. I have hope that that things will get better. Right. Hopefully. I, will try, I will try to draft off your hope. <sighs> That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> a lot of pressure to carry too, Tom. I barely, I barely have enough Lexapro for And then when I was one. without hope, I looked down and there was only one set of footprints and they were exactly Veronica's size. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. But they were a Thought lot deeper because be they were carrying a full human male on her shoulders. <laughs> It's like a lot of extra weight. Six foot one of hopelessness. Just a lot there. Um, 190 pounds of hopelessness. But we do. If you're if you're celebrating the holidays, if you you know, if you already had a great Hanukkah, if you're if you're doing something for the new year, like we hope you have a really great time with your friends and family. And if you're not, you know, we're here for you. It's the holidays can also be rough for a lot of people. So we're thinking about you as well. And hopefully 2019 will be awesome. And you know, lots of good books are coming out. So there's that. There's always Ready that. Any good books lately? Well, uh, if you have, you're in the right place. There you go. Well, uh, I don't think either of us are drinking anything this no. evening. So we'll just be <laughs> skipping that bit. So skip that part of the rundown. And let's jump directly into the quick burns. Hey, Sean, looky look uh, posted that the sword and laser bump continues. Oh. Cersei, our pick from June this year, has won the Goodreads Choice Awards for fantasy. The winner in science fiction was Vengeful by V.E. Schwab. We read V.E. Schwab in April 2016. So Sean says that still counts. Yes, we did Darker Shade of Magic. <laughs> right. Different um, book. Right. Different book. But yeah, good stuff. That's exciting. Yeah. Cersei was one of my favorites of the past year, I, I have to really say. Good. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Uh, it was up against some stiff competition. I think we went over some of these in a previous episode, so I won't dwell on it too much. Um, but Naomi Novik was Spinning Silver, which is definitely on my to-be-read list. Um, things like The Book of M, which is also sitting in my office, so I'll read it eventually. And Brian McClellan, Alona Andrews, Magic Triumphs was one of my favorite. Foundry Side by our dear, dear friend Robert Jackson Bennett. 
So like stiff competition. So great job. Great I miss job, Robert Madeline Jackson Miller. Bennett. I miss him too. I just like like hanging out with him. He's just a good guy. He's a good guy. His wife is a peach. She is. Good folks. Uh, yeah, on the sci-fi side, um, Vox by Christina Boucher, Only Human, Red Clocks, Binti uh, mm-hmm. uh, was on there, Persepolis Rising, James S.A. Corey, Artificial Condition, Martha Wells. Here's the thing, though. This year for laser choices, uh, I chose a lot of a library titles. I was trying to fill out our 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, you know, when we right. when we do the chart of like how diverse is our our selection. Uh so I didn't have a lot of current titles. You know what we can help there. for? The retro Hugo. Well, that's why I did Slan this year. It was a retro Hugo winner. But no, what I'm saying, like we could give potentially give a bump for like the retro Hugo oh, in the future. Oh, 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 so I need to figure out what the next retro Hugo awarded will be and then pick something from that to give it right. the bump. Right. Got it. Right. Now you're thinking. Now you're now cooking, with gas. cooking with gas. All right. <laughs> Is that what they would say in a retro Hugo too? Yes, they would. That, that would be very appropriate. Perfect. Uh, Mark says... Fall or Dodge in Hell by Neil Stevenson is coming in June 2019. Looks like HarperCollins hired the same graphic artists or artist that designed colors for Chuck Wendig novels, Zeros and Thunderbird, Winky yeah. Face. <laughs> it does it does have the same color scheme for sure. A little bit, and there's a there's definitely a, a bird on there. So we're we're in we're in Chuck Wendig territory with the crow or raven on the cover. Um, oh, and darkly covering a little and bit. And also, too. yeah, yeah, same same artist as well. Weird. Uh funny how those things work out. That's cool. Um, I don't know actually much about this novel. Um yeah, a wildly inventive and entertaining science fiction thriller that unfolds in the near future in parallel worlds. Mm, okay. I'm here for that. That yeah. sounds awesome. I'm definitely I'm definitely here for that as well. Uh, Patrick Norton uh, texted me as soon as this was announced and uh, suggested he might have figured out that it it crosses over with Reemdy, uh, but he wasn't sure. So that's unconfirmed. But he thinks there might be a little uh, shared universe there. Our only source is a random text message. <laughs> it was a from, signal message, so it was very. It was secure. a signal, yeah. Oh, so I got on Signal recently, and Patrick Norton immediately messaged me. I was with you, actually. I was with <laughs> yeah, you in that's LA. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And he was like, "Hey, you're on Signal," and I was like, "I love that Patrick Norton not only noticed that, but like jumped on that like right away." <laughs> jumped right on. Uh, the other thing that Neil Stevenson makes me think of is uh, the. Do you read the Penny Arcade comic? Not for years. I still read it religiously. Cool. Uh, in other words, I kneel down inside my bed every night before I go to sleep mm-hmm. and I read Penny Arcade. No, I read it every every time it comes out. And the comic that was out this morning, uh, I guess one of them had done a uh, a live art uh, thing with one of the artists and designers from Blizzard. Oh, neat. Who had worked on Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the characters were like, oh, so did you, you know, did you have a good time in your in your co-art session. He's like, I guess. He's like, imagine if you were asked to write a sequel to a Neil Stevenson uh, novel, and then they also had Neil Stevenson sit down next to you <laughs> and write his own sequel, and then had everyone compare the two. <laughs> Sounds stressful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Onward to Shad and Mark, who tag-teamed on this one. Brandon Sanderson's secret project has been revealed. It is 
a Magic the Gathering novella that will oh. be available for download in the past because this was posted last week. So it's already available for download. It went up for free on December 12th. Very awesome. Oh, that's nice. Did you get into Magic the Gathering ever? No, never have. No, I that, I was uh, much too old and jaded when that came around. I um I did not either. For some reason, I didn't. I think that I just I might have been a little bit older, maybe. I mean, I was of the Pog era. Where does that place yeah, I me in the Magic Pog. the Gathering? I missed the Pog era. Well, we all era. know you're ancient, so that's different. But like for me, I'm fifty. <laughs> you're not fifty. You're not actually fifty, and you're not even turning fifty this coming year. A year and a half, I will. A year and a half. We'll talk about it then. Uh, Magic the Gathering was introduced in 1993. Uh, in oh, okay. 1993, so I was, I was really interning at National Public Radio uh, for the first half of the year and then moved to Austin, Texas and started grad school the second half of the year. Cool, cool. Yeah, I was 11. <laughs> so... <laughs> so you weren't interning? I wasn't interning. Okay. I wasn't interning yet. I wouldn't okay. be interning for another five years or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then and I then I had school. a radio station. I did not. You went to grad school? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Hmm. No, I'm self-conscious because I did not go to grad school. Oh, I didn't finish. So that's <laughs> probably why you didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now I feel better. <laughs> there you go. It all comes back. It all comes back around. All right, Rob. Says G. Willow Wilson is leaving Miss Marvel next year. She will be writing Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, not women. That's a different thing. She will be writing Wonder Woman for DC instead. But Mm. Saladin Ahmed will be replacing her with a new series called The Magnificent Miss Marvel. What a great tag team. I saw this announcement happen in real time on Twitter and it was amazing. uh I, I love I, I just imagining G. Willow Wilson running out and like tagging Saladin in. Yeah. Okay, you're. You're up. up. You're up. You're up. And I love it. Yeah, they were there was a lot of mutual admiration society happening oh, sure. on Twitter yeah. between the two of them. And it was really quite lovely to see. Um, I need to read comics, I think. I think I need to read some comics. I don't read a lot of comics. I do read them. I read a lot of the Star Wars comics mm-hmm. and I read uh The Walking Dead. All right. So you folks out there, you know me. I feel like after 10 years, you know me. What comics would I like? Let me know on Twitter, at Sword and Laser. Let me know what I should be reading. I have a Comixology account. I can't wait to see what they say. It's on my phone. I I really need to get into this. I feel like I'm missing a lot of really good content from authors that I really love. Well, you can start with the new Wonder Woman and Magnificent Ms. Marvel when they come out. But is it weird to like jump into a property like so far down the line? Should I start at the beginning somewhere? Well, when a new author takes over is often a good time to start mm-hmm. because like with something like Wonder Woman, you have to go back to, the, you know, right. mid-century, mid-20th century if you really want to catch up. So you got to f- figure out when you really want to jump in. And author changes are, are often a good good point for that. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Joe wanted us to know that fans of Martha Wells and Murderbot will be excited to see new Murderbot short story over on Wired. And it, I, I thought this was cool because we're talking about The Verge doing their science fiction and Wired's Better got worlds, some science yeah. fiction going on. Like, this is great. I love to see this. I mean, we even did some science fiction stories on IRL that we had commissioned for the podcast. Yeah. We even, I thought, what I thought you were going to say is we even did them here. 
with an well, anthology. We also on had a twenty laser. short twenty <laughs> a twenty short story anthology on which Sword is still and Laser, available for which purchase. is still for sale. Yeah. Yay! All right, uh, Dara Dara says Instagram is helping save the indie bookstore via Vox. Author Nisha Chital explains how indie bookstores are thriving due, in part, to Instagram. People like taking photos of their books, shelves, and what they're reading at any given time, and bookstores are providing plenty of Instagrammable locales. She features the last bookstore in Los Angeles and Books Are Magic in Brooklyn for their design and photogenic wall art. This is a big story in lots of ways. My DTNS Heidi sense went off when I saw the post mm-hmm. because... This isn't just about Instagram saving bookstores. I don't think Instagram even thinks they're saving bookstores, but Mm -hmm. it's about how trends in technology do unpredictable things. And suddenly the internet will kill brick and mortar becomes, but the internet just created a weird situation where brick and mortar is essential. And because people want to take cool Instagram photos and because there's this millennial trend to want printed books, boom, the wires crossed and suddenly everyone wants to go to good looking bookstores because it makes good Instagram photos when they're buying their printed books. Did you know that there is a whole genre of YouTube called booktube? What is, uh, I, I may have, but I haven't, I don't recognize it under that name. I don't It's think. essentially, I think we've accidentally been doing booktube when we were doing our book unboxing videos. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's, it's primarily young people. Mm, and, and we weren't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't doing it right. Um, must be younger. And they show off like the books they're reading. They do like book hauls mm-hmm. and they talk about they talk about the books and they go on each other's YouTube channels. And the way I found out about it is because a lot of them are using Spark to create their YouTube thumbnails. And so uh, I, I came across uh-huh, this whole thread uh-huh. of people saying, like, how do you make your awesome, adorable, like, YouTube thumbnails? And people were saying Spark. And so I looked into it and I interviewed one of them as, like, a customer interview. And it was fascinating. And I was like, I've been doing this kind of thing for a long time. <laughs> like, I was doing this years ago, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day. Um. We did all our book unboxings on the podcasts. We did real book unboxings. Like, we opened the box. They're like, yeah, I do that too, yeah. old lady. <laughs> and so it was uh, It was very eye-opening. I did not know this was a thing. But I can see why, you know, for the, they, they were very focused on, like, covers and, like, the aesthetics mm-hmm, of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so this is kind of cool because it's kind of bringing back, like, interest in hardcover books. And, you know, that had kind of... I feel gone away a little bit because of Kindles and people reading on iPhones and and things of that nature. And now we're seeing like bookstores have their own like beautiful aesthetic to them and being able to like physically be somewhere and have a very Instagrammable background. Yeah. Like people are going to these places for experiences now. And that's, you know, that's pretty rad. I'll take I it. Miss, I miss the old days when, when the internet was rough. And so no one could tell I wasn't very good at art. (laughs) <laughs> you're creative with your brain tom thank you that's very creative nice with your say. brain that's all that's all you need all, all right. you need is brain that's good it sounds like it could be also a halloween episode name <laughs> i think it might have been an episode all you need name is of brains. something yeah <laughs> <laughs> but if we just change it with one little letter it goes from a yeah, feel good holiday episode to a right. a feel good Halloween episode. Mm, like uh, Sabrina. Like Sabrina. I haven't seen that episode yet. Don't spoil it for me. 
I haven't watched the holiday episode. I've, I only saw the main season. Okay. Did you like it? I did. I, I, I really enjoyed it. You were starting to watch that. Eileen was starting to watch that when I was last in town. Right. We were going to watch it together. And then I was like, go on without me because I was so busy with other stuff. And But I finally got around to watching it while she was watching Goblin, uh, the Korean drama, which she can only watch through <laughs> gymnastics on her phone. And I couldn't really keep up otherwise. Mm, all so. right. Well, speaking of keeping up, it is now time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. It's the most, most wonderful, wonderful time. Oh, wait, we, we promised we wouldn't sing anymore. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> that one guy ruined it for me. <laughs> ruined it. Anyway, Ben says, it's that time of year. It it's is. that time of year, so I was wondering if anyone had any great SFF recommendations for any of the holidays that occur around this time of year. My contribution by Ben is a war of gifts, but I was hoping there were a bunch I didn't know. Happy oh, holidays. And there certainly are. My first are. favorite first one, I just have to say, Tracy jumps in immediately with like, the Shining takes place in the winter. <laughs> Holidays, are, Holidays mentioned, are mentioned, but I don't think they ever get to them. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make The Shining right after Die Hard, my yeah. second yeah. Christmas movie. Uh, I I actually like the Tatsy Dave pointed out the classic fantasy, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, which I read every year at Christmas. It's been a tradition since I was, I don't know, mm-hmm. 16, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is my, I literally, as we record this, I just pulled the book off the shelf and I am going to start reading it now. Bye. No, I mean, after the show. Oh, oh. <laughs> William says a time and again by Jack Finney, a, um, mm. an older sword and laser pick that I enjoyed. There's also uh, Christmas magic, a collection edited by David Hartf- Hartwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas on Ganymede. by Joe Hill has Christmas Land. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, William also says Christmas on Ganymede by Isaac Asimov. Ah, uh, In the Late December by Greg Van Eekhout. Mm. These are great suggestions. Go check out this uh, thread and add to it yourself. Yeah. Ian says Assassin's Apprentice with all its Christ analogies. I don't know. I don't know, you guys. I'm not seeing that. That's stretching. That's, That's stretching, stretching Ian. it a little bit. We love you, Ian. We love you, but... And we're glad that you're limber from all your stretching. I, I would say that Die Hard is more of a Christmas whatever than Assassin's <laughs> Apprentice. But anyway, I digress. Uh, you know, actually, uh, we wanted to jump into or back into the What Else Are You Reading December 2018 because we haven't touched on this in a while and I feel like I've had a little more time to read books, too, but um, just wanted to check in with what everybody is uh, taking a peek at this year. It's a, it's an ongoing thread. Every month, usually Rob jumps in and starts a new What Else Are You Reading? Because a lot of you are able to get through a hecka, hecka lot of books uh, during the month beyond just the sword and laser picks. Um, so, yeah, what, what what's going on? What are you what else are you reading, Tom? Well, Veronica, I'm sorry you asked. <laughs> Because I was not prepared to answer. Uh, I read really slow. So I'm glad we haven't done this segment in a while because it won't be terribly repetitive. Although, frankly, I think some of them are repetitive from the last time we talked about this months ago. Mm. Uh, I am reading Clash of Eagles by Alan Sma. I'm reading uh, From a Certain Point of View, a collection of short stories about Star Wars. And I am also reading uh, for We Are Many, uh, the, the Babaverse uh, second 
second book. You never finished those? No, I'm still making my way through. All right. All right. I'm just reading Ka. I have, (laughs) I am chugging along through Ka right now. So how far are you into Ka? Uh, I would say 40%. Okay. I'm, I'm about 55%. I think I'm just I'm actually reading a hard the hardcover, so I, I don't have the numbers. I'm doing the audiobook. <laughs> I have to say, I don't think the audiobook we should save this oh, yeah, for, save when this we talk for the, about the show. But yeah, ask me about the audiobook when we get there. All right. Allison is reading an unkindness of ghosts. Uh the oh, consuming love that. goodness, yeah. these are a lot of books. Right, I'm just gonna run through all her books. An Unkindness of Ghosts, The Consuming Fire, Rosewater, The Song of Achilles, Stories of Your Life and Others, The Word for World is Forest. Passing Strange, The Cloud Roads, The Ofruchi Hotline, The Bloody Chamber and Other Stories, and The Black God's Drums. Also reading The Lathe of Heaven, Jade City, and Dipping My Toe into Gardens of the Moon. Mm. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. This was all the things she read last month and is now reading The Lathe of Heaven. So that was a lot of books. John Taloni is the last, uh, the most recent, as of this recording, uh, in the thread and uh, said, Trike, was it you who recommended Year Zero? It's hilarious. I read mm-hmm. the first 10%, thought the rest of the book can't keep this up, but now I'm at 20% and it's still smoking. Awesome. There's a lot of responses in this thread, so definitely. Oh, that was the last on the page. That wasn't the most recent. I was going to try to give the most recent. Oh, let me Hold see on. if I can do this. I might be able to do it. That would I might be, be able to do it. Well, it'd be a reply by Trike. Uh, which would require the whole original. The last non-replies from Eric. I was looking for an 1800s book by a female author for a reading challenge. Little Women popped up, and I immediately chose it based on the Friends episode. <laughs> nice. That's the reason great. why we pick things. Who can who can say? Yeah. Uh, but speaking of reading things, we're also going to check in on the reading challenge. Oh, I keep forgetting about the reading challenge. Well, it is still happening. There's still time left. and uh, But you know what? I don't think it's going to be enough time. I think that's why Laser is losing. <laughs> I think, I think, I don't think there's going to be enough time because Sword is, uh, has surged ahead in the polls. Uh, though I think we may have always been ahead in the polls just because we're awesome. We've always been at war with East Asia. <laughs> so Sword is, let's see, uh, Sword Challenge, we are 94% complete. The sword team has read seven thousand nine hundred and three books out of eight thousand six eight thousand three hundred and sixty eight books. So that was what we said we would read, and the first number is what we have read. So we're at ninety four percent. And then laser. I just added my shelf. It wasn't on the laser, so I just raised it. Really? Yeah. You haven't been following the rules. <laughs> All right. What, is that against the rules? No, I just mean like going throughout time. But Laser is at 82%. And Laser actually had to read fewer books than Sword, and it's still behind. Oh, crap. I just, I just added my to Sword. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. That is amazing. So I'm good, really job, bad good at job, this. everybody. This is pretty awesome. Like, we still read a lot of books this year. All right. Now I've added it to both, which means I don't help either side. Well, all right. Are you going to go back and remove the other one? Make it right? I'll get to it. All right. Well, keep going. There's a few days left in the year. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to yawn in the middle of that statement. I am so old. I just get like really tired at night. It's not like you're 50. No, it's not. Um, 
Hey, how about this? Uh, Terp Christian tweeted to us. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Terp Christian <laughs> tweeted to us uh, a picture of crows all standing around a dead crow with the caption, crows have been documented holding funerals for many years. However, researchers suggest that they may not be mourning. Evidence indicates that crows may be examining the body and surrounding area for potential threats to the rest of the flock. So it's not funerals. Well, I want to tell it. So it's not a funeral. It's an effing... uh, uh, It's an effing... uh, I have trouble saying that word sometimes. Autopsy. It's an effing autopsy and criminal investigation. It's you might CSI. even call it a murder investigation. <laughs> I ruined the joke because I couldn't say the word. No, you, the best part is you still didn't ruin the joke. <laughs> Get it? It's a murder. It's a murder. It's, it's a murder. Because crows. Because it's a murder of crows. Because crows. Because crows. Because murder. You know, this this evening I looked down and Sawyer, our little border collie, uh, was sitting there primly with a piece of paper between his paws that he had found and mm-hmm. was hoarding. Mm-hmm. He does this sometimes. Usually it's like a nail or something that oh, just good. freaks me out because I'm afraid he's going to swallow it. Yeah. But I'm like, are you, I think he's part crow. Because he just finds shiny objects. Because he finds shiny things and then keeps them. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, speaking of crows. We're going to jump into our caw discussion. Well, yeah, before we get to the caw discussion, though, uh, not that we're going to be spoilery, but just to get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. uh, For January's laser read, I'm conducting a poll. Now, this is something people have asked for more of, so we're going to try to do more polls. um, But when I put a poll together, one of the things that keeps me from doing it is that the process of getting suggestions can be kind of messy. So like putting up a thread and saying, okay, everybody put in their their suggestions and then trying to go through the suggestions and figuring out which are actually suggestions and which are just conversations that break out and then realizing, well, this isn't everybody. This is just the people that happen to be paying attention to the thread. I figure Listopia is a much better way to go about that. So I am reminding everyone that Listopia exists. It's at the very top of the Sword and Laser community page on Goodreads. And anybody can suggest a book on it. And the more people that suggest them, the higher they go. So I kind of want to make this the template where I will pick a couple of books that people have suggested over time directly to me in threads here and there. Like, we should read this. I will pick something that I've had my eye on. And then I will pick whatever the highest thing we haven't read or voted on recently from the Listopia. So China Mountain Zhang. The Martian Chronicles and Nine Fox Gambit are the mm. three books up for the January vote. Say them again. China Mountain Zhang, The Martian Chronicles, and Nine Fox Gambit. Oh, all right. I'm going to vote for it. Can I vote? Am I allowed to vote? Yeah, yeah. Of course you can. Okay. I voted. Oh, I hope have... I get to read the book I want to read. Are you going to say what it is? You're going to keep it a secret? I'm going to keep it a secret. All right. All right. You can tell us after, after the poll's done. Okay. So you don't bias the results. That sounds good. That sounds fair. All right. Let's talk about some crows. Uh, I wanted to mention the audiobook because I don't think it's the best way to read this. Mm. Although I'm enjoying it, mm-hmm. it's a complex story. And audiobooks, the one downside to them is not being able to scan back easily. And this is a book where I find myself needing to scan back quite a bit. Okay. That's fair. Um, I haven't heard any samples from the audiobook. Uh, I've heard the like performance is great. the performance is great. Yeah. Very cool. It's not the performance. It's just like 
I have so many times where I'm like, wait, which character was that? And what did they say? And it's like, it's such a thick story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it's hard to just listen. You, you know, I want to digest it. I want to go back and refer to things. And I wonder yeah. too, if because it's written in a slightly different style for crow thinking mm-hmm. that maybe cause it's, you know, translated directly from the crow yeah. um, that maybe as an audiobook, it's harder for your brain to kind of, absorb it in the same way as normal literature because even though it's not way off it's like off enough that maybe your brain has to think about it a little bit harder it definitely has a different effect uh i i find myself drifting more Mm. because of the lyrical nature so there's something to what you're saying for sure um i just want to point out that uh, my husband saw this book uh, on the bed the other day and he went wait 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 it's a book about crows (laughs) <laughs> and the author's name is John Crowley. <laughs> and I was like, I knew there was a reason I married you. I knew it. I knew it. That was my joke. I'm sure I am the first person to <laughs> ever make that joke. for each other. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was special. <laughs> um, so yeah, do you want to... I, I am reading it uh, in hardcover. And I have to say, like, I happy... I, I happy I am. Um <laughs> Because Good. I'm really enjoying the illustrations by Melody Newcomb. Mm, that's which, another reason not to do the audiobook. Yeah. Yeah. The illustrations are exquisite. Like, I don't use that word lightly. Like, they're beautiful. And so much so that I actually went to her website and was like, going to write to her and be like, Are you okay with the idea of someone getting a tattoo of one of your illustrations? <laughs> Because, like, I've actually considered it um, because wow. I, I really like crows and they're pretty cool and goth looking and her illustrations are really great. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've I've only seen them online mm-hmm. uh, after I heard about how awesome they are. So I, I definitely feel like I'm missing out not reading the print version. I'll take some pictures and send them to you. Oh, okay. Does that make yeah, you feel any, better? Any ones that you like a lot, text yeah. them to me. That'd be cool. Okay. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's definitely, it, it is very lyrical. And I think that comes from, you know, John Crowley's Crowley, not Crowley, Crowley. Uh, you know, he is a, he's a, he's a literary author, mm-hmm. more literary perhaps. Um, and so it's, it's nice. It's, it's cool. It's, it's a, it's a neat writing style. And I am having still kind of like a hard time getting through it right now. Not because I don't like it, but because I am tired and I go to sleep it's really dense. fast. And it's yeah. just a little bit dense. And it's kind of like a lot of thinking involved with what's going on and trying to make sense of some of the things. And especially when you get a little more into the other parts of the world or the other parts of not our world anymore. Yeah. And you're like, what exactly is happening here? <laughs> and so, but it's good. It's really good. I adore how faithful he is to the difference that a crow would have in thinking and observing. And obviously, mm-hmm. we, I mean, what do we know what crows really think? Right. Uh, but if but if science were able to determine what crows would think, and it ended up being very close to what is written in Ka Dar Oakley in the Ruin of Emer, uh, I would not be shocked. Is that how they say it in the book? Uh huh. Yeah. Emer. Emer. Okay. Interesting. I I so I so I I I love that faithful devotion to it, and I know for some 
the counterpoint of that almost scientific approach to the crow mind and language mm-hmm. is 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 wonderfully offset by the total <laughs> lack of scientific reality to some of the other adventures which are very mythological right and i like all of those on their own like when he i i feel like uh a little bit like cersei you know like this is a, a mythological adventure fantasy uh at times but the the counterpoint the the fact that it's so faithful to what we actually know about crows at some points and then at other points is like but forget all that <laughs> yeah uh it does it doesn't bug me it just it it gives me mental whiplash yeah but it's it's a good kind of whiplash right maybe i don't i can't decide i can't decide it's it's definitely not something that makes me angry or mm-hmm. want to throw the book down or anything it just makes me go oh okay we're now on this ride now it's no longer that ride okay fine i haven't read in our our next bit of discussion from the audience um uh by joyce who says that ka similar to jonathan livingston Siegel, which mm. i never read uh, but she says as i read this book i am so reminded of jonathan livingston seagull of which i've read a couple of times it is lyrical and i find that i am enjoying this book as it is fairly relaxing to read i love the interactions with other birds and animals we all like to think about what our animals are thinking don't we so far about a third of the way through the book i am alternating between reading and audiobook the author reads it and this helps with the pronunciation of the names which is why I, Veronica, asked Tom about the pronunciation of yeah, the yeah. word YMR, Emer, because I've been saying it Ymir, and that was wrong. Um, but it's, yeah, that's that's cool that you get to hear some of the pronunciations. And I, I didn't realize the author read it, too. That's incredible. I do think that, you know, I'm curious, uh, you know, you, we've got an A-B test here with Joyce. Uh, Joyce, if you would let us know if you find it easier to understand or if there's any advantage to one side or the other on the audiobook mm-hmm. or the print side i'd be mm-hmm. curious since you're able to compare uh back and forth i never read jonathan livingston seagull because it's really short and so only one person in the english class would be allowed to read it uh and oh. i never got to be that i never got to it fast enough when we signed up for book reports oh that's a, a neat little look into Tom's life. <laughs> I don't there, know how neat it is, but a little bit it, of everybody wanted you. to read Jonathan Livingston Seagull for book reports because it was short, and then oh. they wouldn't have to spend much time reading. Mm-hmm. And so they claim you know, people would rush to read it, and I enjoyed reading. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to knock myself out trying to read out there, the short like, book. Reading the Cimmerillion or no, like I usually Dune. read like Jane Austen or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I'd love to hear a book report on the Cimmerillion. <laughs> I'll dig mine up. <laughs> Like, what kid would do that to themselves? That's what I want to know. (laughs) They're out there. They're for sure out there. (laughs) I totally would have done that. And even like, he was like, this isn't a, yeah, don't read this like a book. Anyway, whatever. Topic for a different day, uh, which is possible because this is the end of this episode. That wraps up our episode. I know. Last episode of 2018. When I was having so much fun. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. No, you good? You good? Okay. I'm good. Well, we will see you in the new year. Uh, We've got a lot planned for our listeners out there. We've got a lot planned for our patrons out there. Um, 
new levels, new rewards coming up mm, soon, new merch, new rewards coming. a lot of good yeah. stuff. So check it out at patreon.com. That next week or the week after, if you're sitting there thinking, gosh, it's the holidays and I wish I had a little more Veronica Belmont voice (laughs) and Tom Merritt words (laughs) in my life, you could fill that hole in your your heart uh, with the audiobook Gallium available at audible.com or amazon.com. It is a a space mining uh, fantasy adventure that is read by Veronica Belmont. So go check it out. Once again, the name is Gallium, G-A-L-L-I-U-M. Oh, absolutely, darling. I must insist <laughs> oh, that no, you read Gallium. Oh, no, it's Miss Spinoza. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, as I was saying, uh, you have to check out <laughs> patreon.com slash sword and laser uh, over there. Uh, our show is entirely funded by you, our patrons. We do care about you oh so much, and we're going to make it even better in 2019. It's going to be awesome. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can leave us an email at our email address at feedback at swordandlaser.com. You can leave us your eyeballs at swordandlaser.com. And you can leave us your thoughts at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And if you want to leave us your voice, you can do that too at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next year. Bye! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. Wonder. <laughs>